0: Okay, this is the top, uh, the top question we ask for uh, all of our guests. Uh, in and out or five guys? That's easy. In and out all the way. No comparison. That's a good answer. I think that's probably the most popular answer. This is the last episode of the first season of 10 Pastors, 10 Questions, and I think we'll have to go back and check, but I think that's the most popular answer.
1: So why is that the... Why is... Well, can I just throw out that my internet uh, Twitter friends from the Midwest think Whataburger's all that, and it doesn't even compare. Just say that.
0: Yeah, I didn't even make it in no, it in this question. yeah. In, in and out by far, just
1: better quality product, better ran company, um, and on and on.
0: Yeah. Better leadership, yeah. I've been saying it's the right amount of food. Okay. That's why I like it more than Five Guys. Five Guys may be like, it may edge it out in quality in some kind of way, or if you really want something specific, but you can't eat Five Guys and not feel horrible it's afterwards. It's a lot of food. It's too much. You
1: order fries at Five Guys and yeah. you feel terrible.
0: In and out's kind of right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's enough vegetables on there that you don't have to feel guilty afterwards. So well, you
1: order pickles on it
0: then you got lots yeah, of Yeah, even more. Yeah, chilies, yeah, do it yeah. all. Welcome to Ten Questions with Ten Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host Tyler Sanders. I'm here right now with uh, Dr. Jarbo, uh, Jonathan Jarbo. He's a president, and CEO of Baptist Foundation of California. You were pastor, senior pastor of Pathway Church in Redlands, California, for twenty six years, correct? That's right. Uh, you are a Gateway grad, Golden Gate grad, uh, earned a Mace degree uh, from the Mill Valley campus, mm-hmm. uh, also a CBU grad. Got your mm-hmm. MBA at University of Redlands, did a doctorate at Southwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we're here again, like as I said, as our for our last um, our last episode of the first season, and we want to talk about pastoring. All right. So my first real question for you is what are you reading right now?
1: Well, I I, I drive, so I also do Audible. So I, I want to clarify, read, and listen as well. Yeah. Um, right now I'm uh, reading uh, Servants of the Servant by Hal. It's a, it's a book on biblical leadership. It basically takes biblical characters, Old Testament, New Testament, including Jesus, and analyzes what's good about their leadership. It's been outstanding. I just oh, finished the chapter on Nehemiah. Loved it. Oh, that's uh, a good one, I'm sure. Yeah. So it, it goes through biblical, probably 25 biblical characters on leadership. The other thing I'm reading, I'm, I'm listening to a book right now called Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. Donald's written a lot of books. He's got a, it's it's actually like a devotional book, supposed to be done yeah. over like 60 days, but I'm just rapidly going through it. Okay. It's it's marketing and business principles. This is
0: a new a new publication? It's from? a new
1: publication, by him. Okay. yes. Okay, yes. yeah. And I just finished Leading Change by Cotter, uh, Lead Like a Shepherd, and Sticky Teens by Osborne. Sticky Teens, probably one of my favorite ministry leadership books of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the IT, ideal team player by Lencioni. I like Lencioni's books. They're, most of them are fables, and I love his leadership books.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. So big emphasis on leadership. Yes, Is that where your main interest is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, um, let's get to preaching. Um, uh, and this is kind of a two parter, I guess. So the big, the first question is like big picture. How do you approach themes? How do you approach like uh, series when you're when you're preparing like a um, uh, to preach at church?
1: Yeah. So in the years that I pastored, I would prepare six months to a year in advance themes and series titles. Now, let me clarify. I didn't write messages six months in advance. That's crazy. Um, But I would prepare. I, I started at a year, and then I cut it back to about six months, just because things change and you need to have flexibility. Even planning series and themes, there was some flexibility built in so we could you know, in the middle of some, you know, 9-11, we could punt and do something different for a season after 9-11. So I would prepare um, general themes or series ideas. and, And I would rotate Personally, I would do a book of the Bible, and then I would do like a more uh, a series on evangelism, a series Mm -hmm. on love, or a series on parenting or marriage, and I'd rotate back and forth. So I would plan at least six months out, sometimes a year out. I started a year out and then backed it off to about six months, and I would plan that, and then um, I would write usually uh, the week of. I plan series. Sometimes I'd start outlining them in advance, Mm -hmm. but. my mind's just not brilliant enough to uh, write more than one message at a time. If if I was going on vacation and I had to write two, I would always get really confused in the delivery because <laughs> I'd have two messages in my mind simultaneously. <laughs> right. So it didn't right. work well for me personally.
0: Yeah. Well, that was kind of my next question is like on the week to week level, what was, your, what was your process like um, actually doing the writing of a sermon? Yeah.
1: So for me, Tuesdays were my writing day. I would get to my office early at 6am and I didn't take phone calls, appointments, messages. I, I, I called it a hibernate hunker down on Tuesdays and I would write and get a draft of the message on Tuesday. I had a creative team, sort of unique. Some, some people do this, but I, I had eight or 10 people I met with on Wednesday morning at 9am and I would go through my draft of the message with that team verbatim. Everyone would have a printed copy in front of them. I would read through it and they would make notes and then, when I was done, we would walk back through each section with their notes, and I would leave the room with my copy of it just marked up like crazy. And then I would spend Wednesday and Thursday re editing based on input from them. Um, and I would edit by Thursday noon. I was usually done with it, and I would put it aside until Saturday, and then I'd start reviewing again. So by the time we came to Sunday, I preach from a manuscript. Um, I don't read, but if you had a manuscript, which our yeah. tech people did, I'm yeah. pretty close to it just because I had spent the week working through it and had multiple people weigh in on it.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I like that. I, you're actually the first person who said they've had a, uh, I, th- I think, as I recall, like a review process mm-hmm. like that. But that's uh, that's really good. I like that.
1: My, my, wife, uh, my wife, when she worked at the church, was in the creative team. When she left the church and went to Cal Baptist, she was not in those meetings. So usually on Tuesday evening, uh, I would email it to her sometime Tuesday, and she would review it for me uh, and weigh into it, even though she wasn't in the meeting. So she got veto power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what's the most difficult passage? Well, it could be a subject area, too. But what, what do you think the most challenging sermon you've preached has been?
1: Um, I think multiple times in 26 years, I preached out of Ephesians on submission. Mm. Um, I think in our current day and age, that is a very... It's a challenging text to communicate appropriately, um, simply because in the church I pastored, we had medical doctors that were female. We had principals, school teachers, people in all walks of life, uh, law enforcement fire that were female. And so that's a text that I wanted to handle carefully, mm. that I wanted to honor women, that I wanted to honor women in leadership in the home, in the church, and appropriately. So uh, it w- was it difficult? Yeah, because I... I I didn't want to dance around the issue and what, what the scripture teaches, but I wanted to teach it in a healthy way that honored everyone in the process. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. And what would you say is your sweet spot? What was a sweet spot and a growing edge, you know, as, as a minister? Um, I would say the challenge for me as a minister um, had to
1: do with making sure people in ministry knew that I loved and cared for them. I'm a Type A driven person. If you follow the Enneagram, whether you like that or not, I think I'm a Eight in that, the Challenger. So, the reality is sometimes I come across to people as aggressive. Might be a strong term, but I'm driven. And sometimes people, are like, hey, he didn't like me. Hey, right. hey, he. And so I, my challenge in ministry was to make sure that I value people, love them, and people were encouraged by me rather than threatened. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my challenge, my sweet spot. I I think my sweet spot in the, is in the area of administration, mm. and and vision. I, I I God's gifted me in, in this way. I sort of have a business mind, and I believe I know how to get from point A to B. If we can identify what the goal is, was what, what the vision is, um, I believe I, I can cr- help create the steps to move our organization
0: from point A to B. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, what's a um, uh, and take this as seriously or have fun with that. We've had the range. Um, what's the swing and a miss you've had in ministry? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there is a picture of, uh, out there. Um, this is before the days of everyone having cell phones, and I'm grateful for that. So I mentioned our creative team. Our creative team convinced me on a particular message to climb 40 feet in the air, up on the stage, behind a curtain, to harness in and when it came time for the message to start, the band played this certain music theme that you would know well, and I let go of this truss, and about 40 feet in the air flew out over the congregation, and then came back. <laughs> and in the first service, it worked great. The, the, what I was harnessed to, lowered, I, I swung out over the congregation, then came back and stepped on the stage, unclicked, and went on with the message, and the whole thing made a point in the message. Second service the cable got wound backwards. And so when I flew out and they hit lower, they didn't lower me to the stage. They kept pulling me up higher and 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 I got stuck about 40 feet in the air. And all I could think was, please don't call 911. They were getting a lift out. They had to get a lift out on the stage to get, I got stuck about 40 feet in the air so that was uh, after that I told the the creative team I'm not doing anything you suggest you guys are crazy there's one photo somebody had an old phone like the one you have here Um, is before you know smartphones there's one grainy photo of it and every now and then it appears from people at the church there it is there's my embarrassing terrible moment that's a great one though
0: it's really good it's a real swing actually yes it is exactly touche uh uh, we've got two seminary questions right here. What's something you feel like uh, a student cannot learn in a seminary classroom? Well,
1: cannot maybe a strong statement, but
0: I, I don't believe I
1: don't believe we teach great per people skills in seminary. Hmm. It doesn't mean we don't, but I think there are people that come out very educated that don't have great people skills, and. You're not going to get fired over theology. You're going to get fired over how you treat people.
0: Hmm. Hmm. You know, that's pretty similar to something Dr. Orge says. Like, it's rare for someone to be fired for theology, which mm-hmm. was something I think we do pretty good in, yes. in seminary, in all of our SBC seminaries. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a lot of times it's a leadership issues, and it's mm-hmm. character issues. Right. So I, I think that fits into that. That's a. Yep. That's a, that's a good insight. Yep. Now, what do you think on the opposite? side? What's something that a student, like, they have to learn in seminary? Like, you cannot leave seminary without having this.
1: Well, I think the converse I, that we mentioned, I think that's good theology. I mm. think that's one of the primary purposes of seminary is to teach us good theology and how to accurately and appropriately handle the Word of God.
0: Mm, Yeah. Now, what would you tell uh, yourself, if you could give yourself advice, like your first year in ministry, what what would it be? What would you tell yourself?
1: I would say, identify the key influencers and build healthy relationships with them. Now, that that could sound almost manipulative, Mm. but I say help build healthy, genuine relationships with them. Get to know them. Get to know what's important in their life. Get to know their family. Value them. Because those individuals, they're going to save your hide in ministry. They're going to protect you. They're going to help you be successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My last question, uh, will you just tell us how you met Jesus, how you became a Christian? Sure.
1: I mean, I I grew up, like many, in a Christian environment. Both my folks were Christians. My dad was a pastor. And uh, I mean, it was a natural progression for me at a very young age. My parents led me to faith in Christ, and uh, you know, it was it was a part of growing up. I had a youth pastor that discipled me in middle school and high school, who challenged me to read the Scripture and challenged me to memorize Scripture every week. Um, went to college, and you know, if there ever was a crisis of faith, and I you know, I don't know that I had a significant one, but, but in college in philosophy class, I really had to wrestle with what I believed what I had been taught. And I would say that was the pivot point in my life where I took what I had been taught all my life by my folks and integrated it into my own life and decided this is who I am and this is how I'm going to live.
0: Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. So that was at CBU. That mm-hmm. was a, ph- that's a correct. philosophy class at CBU. Dr.
1: Wayne Swindall taught philosophy at Cal Baptist many years ago.
0: Wow. And you know, that's interesting. I feel like that's probably... Uh, I don't think I've heard anyone say it like that, but that's probably pretty similar to a lot of people's mm-hmm. story. you Grow up in a Christian family yeah. that you know they, they you know may accept Christ young, but there's a there's a point where they have to integrate it. That's and, right, and it has to become part of their right part of their life. So, would you say yeah. that's kind of where things did something switch after that? Did that change your direction in any kind of way?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was a business manager in college. I was pretty driven. I didn't want to do ministry because my father was a pastor, mm. and so I pushed back from it. I mean, even in middle school, high school, I sensed a call to ministry, but I pushed from it, pushed back. I wanted to make a lot of money, go in the business world, so I went that route for a short time period, and God kept driving, kept driving, kept, mm. kept driving, and,
0: and finally, put you right into ministry. finally
1: surrendered to doing what God had been calling me to do for some time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we My appreciate privilege. that. This has been uh, this has been fantastic. I'm glad we can close out our season with a with a strong story like this. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right, thanks, Sally.